You are now listening to The Sexy Escort Guide, discussing everything fascinating about the world of paid companionship. And now, here is your sexy host, Exotic Vivian. Hey guys, this is episode 106 of the Sexy Escort Guide podcast. I am your host, Vivian, and joining me for her second time, her second appearance, her first one was on episode 13, is the amazing Dr. Julie Kay. Dr. Julie Kay is a doctor of psychology offering online coaching to escorts and clients. Her clients describe her style as intense and direct, but you won't be in coaching forever. She has a bachelor's, master's, and doctorate in psychology and has been in the personal growth field for over 17 years. She offers free 15-minute phone consultations and in-person sessions are available in Miami Beach or wherever she's traveling. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our diamond sponsor, Companion Tax and Accounting Services. You've heard us interview the owner, Mary Lee, on episodes 7, 36, and 58. Companion Tax really knows their stuff, and I, Vivian, can personally vouch for them. They are the professionals you need to hire to handle all of your tax accounting and business needs. Companion Tax was created specifically with us companions in mind. It doesn't get any more niche than that. They have been in business since 2011 and have become a leading resource for the community. Although based in South Florida, they are licensed in all states. You can visit them at companiontax.com and fill out the new client information form to get started and take charge of your financial future. Hello, Dr. Julie Kay. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for inviting me back. Yes, it was much needed for sure. <laughs> we definitely, I mean, this is episode 106 and you were here when we first started in 2018. So we definitely needed you to come back. Yeah. The world has changed a lot since then. And I can't believe it was that long ago. Yes. Welcome back. And for our listeners who have not yet listened to episode 13, can you please do like a reintroduction of yourself and tell us how you align with our world? Yeah, for those that haven't listened to that, um, which thank you very much. A lot of people have listened to it and um, I'm grateful for that. Currently, I'm practicing as a transformational life coach, but I have uh, three degrees in psychology and have been working in the field of personal growth for many years, um, most of my adult life. Several years ago, I mean, well, actually before our first interview, I had done some therapy with a uh, woman, actually a man and a woman who were in the adult industry. And they really liked just my style and how direct I was. And then with your podcast, as well as her and a couple of her friends tweeting about me, it just kind of caught on that I'm really good with working with providers. I don't judge. I kind of meet you where you're at. And yeah, since then, um, gotten a little bit of a reputation <laughs> as this is a specialty of mine. This is a small world too. So if you suck, word will travel. <laughs> so that's awesome that people um, listened to the show and found you. Yay. So uh, what else do we need to know about you? Um, well, you know, since the pandemic and even before the pandemic, I've been doing online therapy with people. I like to call it just online coaching. I still do telephone coaching, but I also have an in-person office here in Miami Beach for people that really want to be in the room with me. I, my door is open and people are welcome to come in. 
I always do a quick phone call and a consultation because I meet ladies who either have never done anything like this before and I want them to feel comfortable. Um, and I just want them to be able to ask me some questions because starting a relationship with a therapist or a counselor or a life coach, you're going to share some secrets. And so you, you need to feel comfortable. So I always want people to like, let's talk on the phone first and see if you feel comfortable with me because the best is if you can really open up and be your authentic self. Now, because I kind of specialize in your field, I even have told a few ladies, we can work it out with the paperwork that if you even choose to be a little bit anonymous and protect your confidentiality and your privacy, you can use a different name with me. And I know most therapists want to know so much personal data. So I've had a few workarounds. So yeah, because believe it or not, psychologists are human beings too with their own biases and they do judge a lot. So it's great to have someone that, you know, meets you where you are and doesn't judge you about what you do or morality and all that good stuff. So that is awesome. Aside from, you know, going back to when we first started the show, even before that, what made you decide to work with sex workers and their clients? Like, was there any like specific aha moment that made you decide, okay, this is something that I definitely want to dive into? I actually didn't actively pursue this audience. It kind of came to me and it kind of landed in my lap. I actually have to say I'm a little bit embarrassed and want to apologize for the mental health community that people and women and men in the adult industry encounter judgmentalness and stereotyping. It's a little embarrassing. I'm like, I feel like I was trained in school, la tabla rosa, which means we are a blank slate. You know, I'm sorry for anybody who's gone to a mental health professional and felt judged, but we are humans, like you said. Yeah, because I was living in Los Angeles at the time and way back then, that's when the San Fernando Valley was like the center of the porn industry. And so that's kind of how it happened. I just was in the neighborhood where I actually met a male porn actor who said, oh my God, all the actresses I work with on set, they need you and you're so cool and down to earth and you don't judge. And he sent me one of the actresses who then on the side was in the providing side of the business as well. So it was kind of just I was in the right city with the right location and met a person and he was a nice guy. He was a male porn actor and his heart just went out to some of these ladies and like they need help, but they don't know where to go and they need somebody who's just like upfront and cool and direct and doesn't judge them. I'm like, well, yeah, any therapist should be that, I would hope. But when I hear a lot of women call me for their free consultation, they'll tell me their negative stories or they're, they just felt judged or they didn't feel comfortable or they want a female therapist. They don't want a male therapist. So, I mean, first of all, I'm shocked that there is actually a good person as a male in the adult entertainment industry because you just hear so many horror stories of guys like exploiting women and being dicks. So that's nice that he actually gave a shit about these girls. And, you know, told them to come to you. But speaking of the whole judging thing, some girl just posted on Twitter today that she went to her physician, like, you know, for health stuff. And because of what she did, they denied her. <laughs> like, they didn't want to accept her as a patient because she put down for occupation that she was a sex worker. I'm like, wow, okay. So, yeah, this is why a lot of girls are, you know, a little bit guarded because there is a lot of judgment out in the world. Thank you for not judging us. 
that tweet, if that was today, what is this, 2023? That just, I don't know, it hurts my heart to even hear that. I want to call that doctor and be like, believe it or not, there's still a lot of um, closed-minded people in the world. I mean, for goodness sakes, there's still people that have issues with interracial dating in general. Like, if you go online and you, like, start scrolling through any of, like, TikTok or whatever, and you just go to the comments and it's an interracial couple, there's always one or two crazies that say something off about it. So, I don't know. It seems like we've come so far, but there's still <laughs> crazy-ass people does bring up just a whole nother area of mental health is that feeling and being judged and how do you cope with it and how do you let it go and how do you let it rub off like I could do a whole therapy session or coaching session with a client just about like how to cope with judgmentalness on an everyday level or in the world this and especially with social media right just everybody's going to express their opinion and do it anonymously and just you have to have tough skin and almost have like a couple of different hacks and mantras and reactionary things that you go to because you know, we have to kind of get up tomorrow morning and do it again and get up to it's like, <laughs> if your feelings are hurt, like, yeah, that is um, something that I could also just do sessions with ladies in your industry about too is, I mean, I would always tell girls that if they wanted a crash course, and getting thick skin and, you know, just developing great social skills is for them to strip for a few months, because you're like, literally thrown into the lion's den, it's sink or swim, you know, so Obviously, that's a bit harsh. You should probably just call Dr. Julie. <laughs> there is a type of therapy that's called flooding. And what you're describing is technically in psychology, we call that flooding. But it's usually for people that have phobia. Like, let's say somebody has a phobia of, I don't know, toilet seats. We would take that client and go into their bathroom and just have them touch the toilet seat a hundred times. And then finally, they're like on a scale of one to 10, what's it like? It's 100, it's 95, it's 50. And then we get to that point where we're like, oh, it's 37.5. <laughs> I guess I'm a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Vivian here reporting for duty. Anywho, what do you think is a misconception about seeking therapy as an escort? That I'm going to need to know your social security number, your first, middle, and last name, your home address, your blood type. You know, I'm going to want and need personal data to work with you. Yes, most therapists, and especially if you're using your health insurance to pay for therapy, if you have outpatient mental health coverage, and if your insurance will cover talk therapy, then yes, you will have to put in an intake form and share your personal information. And usually then people don't talk about what they do for a living. But if you want to be transparent and talk about what you do for a living, you can be as anonymous as you want to, but I think a lot of women specifically are just so paranoid of like, I have their email address and that I can track their IP address and that I'm going to find out who they are and then I'm going to... There are a lot of crazy people in the world. I mean, I mean, some of it is just paranoia, but a lot of it has come from real life experience of being doxxed. That's basically where they share your personal information with the world online without your consent. So some girls have been doxxed by even like fellow escorts, like they fall out. Next thing you know, they're, you know, posting all their business online, stuff like that. So I guess a lot of people are guarded for that reason, because they're like, okay, this is one more person that I'm giving my information to that knows what I do. You know, how would you advise them to kind of approach therapy then? Privacy is something that you have and you hold, you have control of that. And so you get to decide how much of that you want to divulge or not. You can always ask questions. 
And if it's me or somebody else, you can always ask questions. Now, luckily, I'm 54 years old. I'm not that technologically savvy. And I don't have time to sit around and find out who you are. I literally am a trained therapist. I know feelings and emotions. And I know how to get to the core of what's going on with you and get you into some tools and strategies and techniques to just feel better and confident and feel more empowered. I think don't a lot of you ladies use uh, like a VPN or a Proton. You can, for me, you can use all of your safety nets to have our sessions through that. Knowing that it's your money, it's your time, and you can ask a lot of questions. And you shouldn't be sold to do a therapy session with somebody that requires you to divulge a lot of personal information. And if this is something you're over paranoid about, and this is actually an issue, and it's getting in the way of you being productive in the world, then that also is something because there is this, do you have unreasonable fears? Do you have unreasonable anxieties? And that might mean you need a session with me because we need to put them in a reality. You know, the reality is this, your fear and your fantasies are way out of proportion, there could be some trauma there. Somebody that has what we call a heightened startle response or a heightened reaction to normal things brings me to think, is there a PTSD situation going on? Do they have post-traumatic stress disorder from somebody that took advantage of them in the past or a story they heard of it happening to somebody else then we can talk about that as well. Like, oh, you have a little PTSD. Your reactions are out of proportion. So I have to assess that, you know, client by client by client, because some of this is normal, healthy fear to protect yourself. And some of it is like, whoa, you're living like a scared little animal in the corner shaking. Like, that's not a way to live. Definitely uh, get on it, folks. (laughs) So describe your ideal client to work with. My ideal client is interested in themselves and has a willingness to kind of look in the mirror, a willingness to maybe do a little bit of work, ready, maybe a little bit stuck, and they're just getting uncomfortable, and they're kind of ready. Now, if they just want to pay me and have me do all the work for them, that'll only work for a little while. But almost like there has to be a stuck feeling, or they're kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired, or they're just ready to like level up, or they feel like... I don't know, I could do better in life, or I want to do better. I feel like I should be happier. Like maybe even like a low grade kind of frustration or annoyance with just their current situation. I'll give a silly example. Like I will do a consultation with somebody and then we'll schedule our first appointment and I'll tell them, you know what? We're going to talk in four or five days. Your homework is just go get a cute journal, get a favorite pen, find the chair you're going to sit in when we do our session and make a cup of tea and we're going to start on time and send your payment before we start. And when somebody can't even keep the appointment or is ready or doesn't have a pen and a piece of paper handy or they're washing their dishes or there's people screaming in the background, I can tell that how they're just treating their first appointment is how it's going to go the whole time. And I can tell they're not really ready because they're not taking it serious. But you can still be nervous and, you know, be disorganized and still keep your appointment. Um, So there's some things I'm already kind of assessing before the first appointment. Like, I love it when somebody's like, I went shopping and I got the best journal ever. And I got my favorite pen. It's got five colors of ink in it. I have my green tea beside me and I'm ready. And I'm like, I love working with you already. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. I mean, we kind of do this too um, as escorts, like when we're screening our clients. I mean, based on how they handle the screening itself, will let you know how that session is going to go. So that kind of 
reminds me of what we do on our end as well. Okay, so let's talk about mental health. Not only did we have to deal with FOSTA-SESTA, yuck, in our community, but two years later, COVID happened, 2020 happened, and it definitely sent a lot of people in the world on a downward spiral, which sort of birthed the need for self-care and the prioritization of mental health. What are some changes that you have seen happen since the pandemic? Well, if you think about the pandemic, we all had to stop socializing. We had to stop being, I call it, in somebody's aura. And so, you know, I call it like everyday socializing. It kind of keeps our struggle muscles nice and strong. We know how to be social. We know how to be cordial. We know how to say thank you. You know, we know how to like not be in somebody's personal space when we talk to them. All of a sudden, nope, you can't even socialize and be in somebody's aura. So I feel like a lot of us came out of the pandemic with like really weak struggle muscles as far as interpersonal communication and just basic socializing. I think people are a lot more anxious, a lot more awkward, a lot more even sometimes inappropriate. Like I just forgot how to have a normal conversation. (laughs) And also just out of practice of how to talk about feelings, how to, you know, I think some of the girls even got loose on their screening afterwards because they just needed money so bad. And it's like, you still have to screen and ask your clients for whatever required information you desire. And I think we just we forgot how to communicate. And then when we feel nervous, and I haven't done this in two years, we feel really anxious and nervous, like, how do I engage? And how do I start? And like, how do I, there's just like a low grade anxiety Oh, I got to practice this 10 times like basketball. I got to shoot that ball, shoot that ball, shoot that ball until I can, you know, nothing but net. But people that had any already depression, any already a little bit of anxiety, those are people that it's a little more concerning because it kind of pushed their level of anxiety or depression or social anxiety or FOMO, you know, a lot more because then people started looking more at what they see on their screen is reality. So we got this distorted sense of reality as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was probably one of the few people that kind of breathed a sigh of relief when we didn't have to do much anymore. Like I felt like I could finally just breathe for a second and just chill. And I didn't have to be anywhere. I didn't have to go anywhere. I could just kind of be. And then, of course, we're here in Miami Beach. I went to the beach. Uh, I'm underwater. I always went for walks. So that definitely helped. I had friends that just could not deal with being inside the house, like civilian friends, like they just could not. So yeah, it definitely. And then you saw it on Twitter as well. A lot of people kind of took to Twitter as their diary to kind of just spill their guts. It's just, it's very interesting to watch. But uh, what are some mistakes you've seen when it comes to escorts approaching mental health? They judge themselves. They think, I'll do it later. I'll put it off till later. I'll wait till I'm really freaking out. I'll wait till I'm really stressed out. I think this might be a general thing for all humans. We think we can handle things and we always will wait till the last minute to where it's gotten really intense, you know? And I think I talked to a lot of ladies and I'm like, you should have called me six months ago. Or you know what? You should have called me four weeks ago. Or And they're like, I know, I know, I know. I was just nervous and scared. So I think one thing is that A lot of ladies will come to me when their anxiety and their stress or whatever else their situation is has affected their income. And then when they actually need 
you know, a good quality life coach who, you know, I don't take insurance. And then they're like, well, because I haven't been working, I don't have the money and now I can't afford you. And so it's almost like this sad cycle that happens where when you still were like starting to feel nervous and starting to feel anxious and you were starting to like not show up and confirm your appointments and flake, you should get therapy when you can afford it, not when you're broke. And then if you're broke and you need therapy, then you have to go to a county clinic and be on a six month waiting list and you get an intern. So I think when you feel like, I think I might book a consultation and try one session while you still can afford it. Because sometimes, you know, mental health, I wish I could give my services away for free, but you know, I'm a human who has to pay her rent too, you know? <laughs> yeah, we all have bills to pay. Nothing life is free. So we can't really expect anyone to give us anything for free. It's just, that's just life. So ladies, don't wait till you're desperate is what I'm hearing to seek therapy. Yeah. And anyone who's in a using that word desperate, there's not a lot of room for healing and growth and even having your mind open because desperation is almost like this fear. Like it's almost in a, it's a stress response. Like you're in your sympathetic nervous system. You're not in parasympathetic. And so there's not a lot you can do when you're in that fight, flight, freeze, run, (laughs) get the fuck out of here type of thing, you know? So what would you say are some key ways to begin the mental health preservation journey? Well, I like to come at it from a lot more of a holistic approach than just talking about your feelings, your feelings, your feelings. You know, I think we are holistic people. Like, do you exercise? And do you, like, I know you're into what tennis and golf and all of that. I'm like, wow, you're, you're so balanced. <laughs> well, I need it. I have to exercise a lot. I go through withdrawals or something. So it's very weird for me to just be sedentary, if that makes any sense. Well, even just hearing that, probably right when you get off the tennis court or right when you get off a golf, whatever it's called, (laughs) you might feel, oh, I I finished it or I completed it. And you're just, I'm guessing your mood is a little lighter because you did something healthy for yourself. So I do talk a lot about your feelings and your problems and that client you're falling in love with and that client that you're not watching the clock with. And, you know, I do talk a lot about money management and a career plan and what you're going to do after this. But I also talk about like, well, what are you eating? Are you sleeping eight hours a night? Are you taking supplements? How old are you? Are you premenopausal? Like, are you 42 and you never thought your thyroid is not producing? And, you know, do you need some estrogen? Do you need some testosterone? When's the last time you had a blood test? You know, I mean, not that I'm an expert in nutrition or anything like that, but I'm a woman. I'm 54. A lot of this, I biohack to know myself. Of course, I'm going to share my own journey with you. Like, oh, you're drinking seven Red Bulls a day. Oh my. Mm, that might have something to do with your anxiety, you know? So I'll get in and do like a kind of a full background picture of, okay, relationships and family and clients and work. And, you know, even ladies that are like beautiful and aren't charging what they should charge. I'm like, can I look at your website? Uh, okay, you're an under earner. This is not mentally healthy for you. You know, even I like to kind of get a good broad view because I might pick up something, especially if people are like, oh, I'm 35 and I've never had my thyroid hormones checked. I'm like, I've heard of women that are 26 that have thyroid cancer. And because I suggested them to get a blood test, we kind of discovered it. And they're like, when your thyroid isn't producing well, you can have depression. That's from your thyroid, not because you're actually depressed. And you'll go someplace, they'll put you on antidepressants and it doesn't fix it. So sometimes I'm like, I'm not a doctor, but you might want to find one. And here, when you go for a blood test, here's a list of things. Make sure they check those because I'm a woman and I know myself. 
I have to reel it back a little bit and not be so personally loving, like I'm your protective older sister um, and be more professional and be a life coach. But I'm a woman and I'm like, this is girl code. This goddess has got to stick together, you know, so. For sure. So what is like an advice you have for escorts and clients as it pertains to mental health? Most of the women are dealing with male clients. So if you think a man and business, the more clear and classy and direct, the more everybody usually appreciates it. Sometimes it might be hard as a woman to be clear. And we think to be clear and direct, we have to be bitchy. And so I think that's not necessary. I think a lot of people value, especially if your clients are men, classy and clear and direct, you know, with healthy boundaries. And I think a lot of women aren't sure like how to do that. They have to add all this fluff and they have to write three pages of text on their websites or they got to send the client like paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of information in like eight point font. I'm like, if you are a, you know, a client who's a man who's got poor eyesight, he's not even going to deal with you because you're already too much work. They just want to have fun and, and go back to their business, you know? So I don't know if that helps or answers the question that you ask. <laughs> what about clients? Any advice for them? Oh gosh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not even one little tidbit. Well, I think if there is one listening, I think sometimes men forget, especially if most of your ladies and men are in America. I know some of you have people all over the world that listen to this podcast. But in America, I think men forget that women don't make as much money as men. Women don't have as many opportunities as men. Women sometimes just need a little help, you know, um, because in the whole world, they don't have as many opportunities. And then forget it if you're a minority. Men forget sometimes that it's a different experience being a woman in the world, especially in America. And it's a very different experience being a woman of color. And to just be a little more understanding that you've never walked a mile in a woman's shoes. and to understand that you've been given so many opportunities and things sometimes just land in your lap. Like you don't have to go to the car mechanic and get ripped off. Just to remember men, like just to open your mind and like some women are doing this because they want to, because they need to, or just it helps them balance it out and it helps them keep up. You know, women can't just get married and not work anymore. Most even married women are working and the husband's working. You know, uh, I don't know if that helps the, uh, what do they call them? Hobbyists, right? Yeah, hobbyist. No, we don't like that term. <laughs> we don't want those clients. No, they're just clients. Um, but so basically you're saying clients need to understand that we need money. So give it to us. <laughs> Help us out because we make less than you. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any book recommendations to help escorts along their mental health preservation journey? Haven't you written a couple books? <laughs> I just wrote the one, but that's how to get started as an escort. I mean, maybe the part where I'm like, figure out why you want to do this before you jump into it. So that way you can always have that in the back of your mind. But that's the, <laughs> that's the only book. <laughs> Giving you an opportunity to plug your book. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I've plugged it so many times. They know where it is. Thank you so much, though. Yeah, you guys can go get it. You know where it is, tscgstore.com. But please, any book recommendations? 
It depends. You know, I really don't want to because it depends on who the client is and what they're looking for. Like I do like Susan David's emotional agility. I do like Dr. Alex Milkumian financial psychology. Um, I do like David Hawkins letting go. Uh, I do like being young or staying young. It's a female author. I do like fast like a girl because fasting is for men. I mean, oh, I, I just um, read that. Yeah, I met Dr. Pels at the last biohacking conference. I mean, I've got a whole shelf I could go through. Um, what was the other one? Letting go. Letting go. It's pretty spiritual. You know, um, David R. Hawkins, letting go, which is kind of like surrendering. You know, um, if people are dealing with any addiction problem, I like Dharma recovery. It's a great intro to Buddhism and recovery if somebody's like having trouble with alcohol. But there's like 20 other books I could recommend. I mean, these these few should, you know, help get the ball rolling. I just wanted to kind of, you know, see what you thought so I can put it out there and the ladies can try to consume that before they meet you or just in general. Where is the best place that our listeners can find out more about you and contact you for that 15 minute consultation? The most popular and best place to go is just drjuliek.com. And I have a contact page on there and it's drjuliek.com, the letter K. There's a contact page there, but I am on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. But everything usually just is linking back to my website anyway. So it's just best to go to my website. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. This was great. It was a nice little catch up with you, Dr. Julie. Thank you so much for coming back on. Hopefully you can come back on again and we can talk some more about life and, you know, just living it. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I greatly appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at TSEG Podcast and on Instagram at TSEGP. Join our Patreon page for exclusive videos on dating, sugaring, and freestyling tips for both the gentlemen and ladies. Patreon.com forward slash TSEGP. Follow your host Vivian on Twitter and Instagram at Exotic Vivian. Please leave the show a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, keep it sexy and stay receptive.